I travel around Australia a lot for my work and I recently visited Raukin in South Australia, also known once for being the site of the Point Maclay mission. And I was really surprised and impressed by what I saw there. And I have to say, very taken with the community members I met there as well. One of those people was Bill Wilson. And I've convinced Bill to join me on Speaking Out to share the extraordinary history and the transformation of this amazing place. Bill, thanks so much for joining me on Speaking Out. No worries, Larissa. Great to um, great to catch up with you again. So first of all, we haven't had you on the show before. Tell us a little bit about yourself and just sort of where you grew up and, and who and what shaped your worldview. Yeah, well, I've grown up and still live in uh, a town called uh, Murray Bridge, uh, right on the right on the River Murray here, and it's about forty five minutes in proximity from from Ralkin. Yeah, in terms of you know key people in my life that shaped me, you know, I was raised by you know single mother, growing up with uh, one of one of four children. So a lot, lot, lot of the key people in uh, in my life was obviously my my mum first and foremost, but you know aunties and in particular roles of uh, grandmothers on on my dad's side and and on my mum's side. So key influences for me were um, were, were strong Aboriginal women, and it was when I got a little bit older that because of you know my relationship with my with my dad. Or, or Nungai, as we'd say in Nuttingham. Um yeah, yeah, was a little strained, was a little, was a little distant. So as I got a little bit older, um, I, I sort of gravitated towards, you know, you know, significant Aboriginal males in my life, and you know, the, the, the key one in my life back then and even today is is someone you've met as well, Larissa, and, that, and that's Uncle Clyde, uh, Uncle Clyde Rigney, who's a Significant male elder in the in the Nuttingham community and uh, a real leader, in particular at at Ralkin and and with some of the exciting things that Ralkin as a as, as a small community um, you know are trying to are trying to do and a lot of that's around you know community development and you know building capacity in community and and one of the things Uncle Clyde's really keen about is is getting our people in, in, into jobs and, and employment, but jobs that are, you know, important to us. And that's certainly, you know, working on country and and caring for country, which you would have seen a bit of that there, Larissa, when you, um, when you visited Raukin. It was one of the things that impressed me. You go into the town, of course, it's very picturesque and it's got an amazing history, but you get such a sense that there's a strong community and, and you know, as you say, strong men, strong women, strong strong First Nations values and, and a lot going on, which I want to dig into a little bit. But, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've mentioned that it's a town with a very important history, but from your perspective as somebody who's so connected with it, what is it important for people to know about Raukin if they're not familiar with it as a place? Uh, I think that the history of Raukin is is quite significant, and, and perhaps for people that don't know the, the, that sort of background story, they might be more familiar with the David Unipin story. You know, the the, the key role that David Unipin um, played, in particular in 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 Nuttingham, uh, as well as a as a leader. And uh, obviously, he's on the fifty dollar note, and the, and and the picture of the church that is at Raukin is also on that. On that fifty dollar note, but I think when you look at when you dig a little deeper beyond that significant story, which it is the the, the David Unipin story, 
we had some significant other people in that community as well, you know, which brought you to, to Rauk and Larissa and, you know, we spoke about the role that, that Clarence Long played and, and his partner, Polly Beck, and, you know, Clarence Long was known as Millerum within the Nuttingerty community and, um, you know, along with um, along with Norman, Norman Tyndale, an anthropologist, that, you know, them two struck up a very um, significant relationship where Millerum kind of realised that, you know, two worlds were colliding here and, you know, that was one of you know, non-Aboriginal people and missionaries coming into the world of, of, of Nuttingerty from a cultural sense. And I think one of the key things he, he realised is was things of language and, and, and cultural practice. If, if, we didn't, if he didn't find a way and, and through the relationship with Norman Tyndale to keep Nuttingerty language in particular, and he's gone to SA Museum and there's still recordings of of Millerum, um, you know, talking in language so that it could be kept alive for next generations. And I think that's a significant story because when we look at other, you know, Aboriginal missions, um, in particular within uh, South Australia or, or abroad, um, we know a lot of that was lost. And uh, I think Millerum had a sense even way back then that that could have, that could have easily happened. And what could have he done as a leader and the leader of the time of the of the Nuttingerty Nation to to keep that alive for for future generations? And um, you know, I, I see the work that Uncle Clyde's doing at at Ralkin at the moment in terms of you know Uncle Clyde always talks about in three generations' time. So he's he's planning um, and the influence of what's happening at Ralkin today is is looking to bear fruit three generations later and and I think that's very much linked to, to the likes of Millerum and, and his thinking back then. I found that really fascinating. Of course, the other thing to just note, which goes a little bit to what you were saying, of course, is you go into this, this beautiful town and, of course, you look at the church and think, oh, that looks so familiar. And, of course, it's the one on the $50 note with David Uniapen. And as you say, that's a history a lot of people know. And I was really fascinated to hear about Millerum and this wonderful insight, you know, listening to you and Uncle Clyde talk about how this had that this man had such foresight uh, in terms of engaging that really between these two extraordinary men, you sort of wonder what was in the water there. But I guess the other thing that was very striking that uh, I guess goes to what you're saying is that we were able to to understand this. I, as somebody coming in, I was able to understand this history a lot better because you have that wonderful cultural centre there. And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about that space. Um, and I hope this isn't going to inundate you with lots of tourists coming around to have a look at this little quiet town. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I know that's been a um, you know a, a key initiative by you know by Ralkin Council and, and and in particular Uncle Clyde in terms of the development of that cultural centre or the or the gallery um, as we knew it and and, and that particular gallery, um, Larissa, which you've been in, was actually the missionaries' homestead um, um, way back in the day, and uh, he, his name was George Taplin. And, and George Taplin also, as a missionary, played some significant role um, in terms of the relationship that he built with built with Nuttingerty as well. And he was certainly aware of some of the practices that Millerum was doing 
in terms of um, keeping language and culture alive for Nutanjati, which probably goes against a lot of the uh, perhaps instructions that missionaries were given when they came onto our missions, um, onto our Aboriginal missions. So, yeah, I, I think for Ralphon Council, the, the, the cultural centre is, you know, you, you've been in there, you, you can see those significant photos, you can see the significant maps of Nutanjati. And, you know, when we talk about Nutanjati, we talk about the Nutanjati nation, but there's 18 Lachlan Yetis, so there's 18 tribes that make up the Nutanjati nation. And you can see the map that was developed by Millerum and Norman Tyndale. So uh, I think for Ralph and Council, they certainly want that cultural centre to keep telling those rich stories uh, of the past of, of Ralkin. and But also what you know, in more contemporary times, what, what Ralkin is trying to, you know, trying to do today. You know, it's had a it's had a very diverse work history. You know, Ralkin down there as a council have had a dairy farm. You know, they were mentored by a local dairy producer down there that trained people that lived on Ralkin in terms of running that farm. You know, they've had working on country programs down there. They've got a nursery there which they grow you know, native species, you know, to Nutanjati Rui, Nutanjati country. So, uh, you know, in more contemporary times, it's about what what are the opportunities that people living on Ralkin can do in employment sense. And and, and one, of the, one of the key things they're looking to do as well at, at Ralkin is to look at tourism, uh, and in particular cultural tourism, and, you know, if, if we can bring people in there and people come to Ralkin because they know of the David Gnipen story, hopefully they leave doing three or four other stories and hopefully that is of Millerum and the relationship with George Taplin, but also of the of the country there and, you know, that, that significant spot where we were quite elevated overlooking uh, Lake Alexandrina, uh, Larissa, that, you know, if that can be used as a key cultural tourism space and there's some you know there's some state and commonwealth dollars that have been invested into Ralkin to hopefully capture that you know that place of uh, cultural tourism of that area and, and bring more non-aboriginal people into that space as well and 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 allow them to hear the story of 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 Ralkin past and present but future and any more contemporary times. It's extraordinarily beautiful country down there as well. And you know, obviously we started talking about the, the cultural regeneration and uh, that's being built on, uh, you know, the, the work that was done with the foresight of your ancestors. But it is the other thing that's very striking, as you say, you, you look at the sort of work that's being done there and it's very connected with uh, keeping your responsibility to your country and the sort of economic development and uh, industry is very complementary to your um, your responsibilities to look after the environment. That's very impressive as well. Was that something that um, has been uh, a long time in establishing or is it something that's been fairly recent? Yeah, I, I, I would like to think that it's been, you know, around for many generations. And I, I know when I, when I love talking with Uncle Clyde, he he talks about that working on country and caring on country as a as a cultural responsibility and, and an obligation to care for the country in which you live on, and and once again it's you know it, it, it's for the here and the now, but it's also about those you know those next generations to come. And 
and and I think one of the things they do really well at Raukin is is that you know they try to marry it up where there's a demographic of age, so that cultural knowledge that then that cultural transmission of knowledge, more importantly, when you're out there caring on country and working on country, that that can be passed on you know intergenerationally, and um and and it, and it also upskills those younger people coming onto country and, and, and learning how to care for country as well. And I, I think that's something that's always been ingrained in Narangiri in particular around around Raukan as a, as a site. But now that they've started to win, you know, some more dollars in terms of how they care for country from state and, and Commonwealth departments, they've really invested heavily in, in making sure that knowledge transmission is a is a key part of that. Of course, investing in the environmental protection of that important area, of course, is an investment for all of Australia. So here's hoping you get a bit more of that. I mean, we've spoken about how this is a place where there's been an enormous transformation of, of the community. Uh, there's economic development that's um, consistent with caring for country. There's a wonderful cultural regeneration, very strong cultural um, element there. You get a sense of a very cohesive community. But I wonder if you can share with us, I mean, this has been a lot of work to get a community like this, given the history and the impact of colonisation on First Nations people across the country. And just from your perspective as somebody who's been really involved with, with working consistently to achieve this, what are some of the lessons that can be learnt from other First Nations people? What were some of the challenges you've faced? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like as one of the missions here in South Australia, you're you're always looking at um, at some of those other Aboriginal missions uh, around the place, and everyone's trying to um, you know knowledge share and take a little bit away. And you know, Rapkin's very significant in my family. My mum, who turned um, you know seventy five this year, was one of the last women to be born actually uh, on Rapkin. And uh, I know that's something, you know, she's she's quite quite proud of, and and um, you know, growing up on Ralkin uh, as well, and and I think in more in more recent times, Ralkin Council had to make some decisions, key decisions about what they wanted their community to look like, and you know, probably. And, you know, it would have been about 30 years ago, you know, they made the right decision. It perhaps wasn't very popular at the time, but they made the right decision that for Ralkin to become a dry community, you know, in, in terms of uh, in terms of alcohol. You know, I, I think we all know, um, you know, what excessive alcohol can do in our, in, in our own communities in, in terms of, you know, for safety of for women and, and children and, and, and more generally in, in the community. And um, you know the, the, that at the time was a pretty, pretty controversial decision to be made by council at the time, and and a, a lot of people left the community. But I think even back then they had a vision of what they wanted that particular community to to, to look like, and and making key decisions like that, having a you know a very you know robust council, and you know I think what well, one of the real achievements of Today's Raukin Council is, it's my understanding that 75% of the, the people on council at, at Raukin are 25 and under. So we're really talking about young, young leaders 
and 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 once again this goes into that investment of you know knowledge transmission mentoring young people and and bringing them through so yeah yeah you've got you've got key young people living on Raukan being decision makers at the council level you know learning things around you know governance policy and procedure um I, I think that's a real. Uh, I think that's a real strength, and probably something that we haven't done that well in Nuttingley, perhaps in my time, is 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 how do we bring young people through? How do we mentor young people through? How do we ensure that their voices uh, are heard because they've got key contributions to make in our communities. Um, sometimes we haven't been the best here in Nuttingley in allowing. Um, time and space for our our young people to to be heard and, and make those valuable contributions that that they are making. Well, as I said, I've, I've travelled around Australia a lot and you know meet lots of wonderful people and get inspired by a lot. But there's something very special about Raukin and what you've achieved there. So, without ruining it by sending hordes of buses busloads of tourists there, I hope it's something that gets a, a bit more recognition. I know when I was there how tirelessly people work, including not just Uncle Clyde but yourself. And I was just wondering if you could share with us. We're always interested in in how our community leaders and our elders look after their own well-being and what we can learn about that. And I wonder if you could just share with us what it is um, that helps you uh, look after yourself Where do you and where do you get your strength from? You, you know what it's like when you're living uh, and working in, in community. It, it can be all-consuming at times. So, you know, self-care strategies are, are really, really important. And if, and if I think back of elders of the past... Um, where perhaps that wasn't really spoken um, spoken about. People kind of, you know, soldiered on, uh, you know, kind of under sufferance. But I think today issues of that and even issues of mental health are more sort of widely spoken about and widely accepted. And for, for myself, um, my self-care strategies, uh, you know, are, are really simple. I, I you know, there's, there's key people in my life who I regularly unpack some of the issues that, you know, that, that, that can come up with, you know, living and working intensively um, with community. I think, you know, having a supportive, uh, having a supportive partner, um, wife, children, having out, outside activities, you know, um, you know, my family, we, you know, we, we grew up with the love of the game of basketball, Larissa, and, you know, I've played it. I've, I've been a coach for 30 years. I'm still coaching that. So I um, th- that's definitely a, a, a release for me that I can pass on some skills of the, the game that, that I grew up loving to, to younger people and hopefully, you know, get them to get them to love the game of basketball as well. So, yeah, it's good to have uh, releases and other interests in your life besides the, you know, that real passion of, of, of working with your community and trying to build capacity in those communities as well. Well, Bill, thank you so much for taking some time to spend with us on Speaking Out to share your experiences, your insights and to um, allow us to tell the, uh, the world a little bit more about this very special place, uh, Raukin in South Australia. No problems, Larissa. Thanks for, um, thanks for the opportunity to, to have a chat. Really appreciate it. That's Narun Jerry man, Bill Wilson.